Hello, and welcome to Peter's Podcast, where we talk about real yoga, actual happiness, and deep living. Thanks for joining me. Gina Menza has taught around the country and around the world. She designed the prenatal material used in the Ishta trainings, as well as co-creating her own school, Ananda Mama Prenatal Yoga, which holds annual 85-hour Yoga Alliance trainings in New York City. After over 25 years practicing and teaching yoga, Gina has learned the importance of balancing the active side of one's yoga practice and the quiet solitude of a restorative yoga sequence. I got to talk to Gina mostly about prenatal yoga at Ishta before I headed off to Europe. Here's our conversation. Enjoy. Hi, Gina. Hi, Peter. How are you? Pretty good. Excellent. Your voice sounds really nice on the microphone. Oh, that's good. It's that <laughs> steamy weather out there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I was talking with Douglas Stewart recently, and he said you two were in the same training. I know, so Douglas. Exciting. Long ago. Yeah. I just did the math for 20 years. Wow. That's I awesome. was two at the time, of course. Yes, yes. <laughs> I was a very I, young student. I was student. two years behind you, so I wasn't quite born yet. But <laughs> That's then, right. Yeah, I caught up. Back when uh, Al would do asana and meditation, right. so it was pretty cool. People are always trying to get him to do that. I know. Yeah. We have a lot of teachers now, so. Yeah, I, I know. Al That's can just it. focus on what he likes to do. Exactly. He's allowed. Mm-hmm. I also like to do a lot more. Uh, physical athletic yoga when mm. I first started to train with him too. So right. Now, you know, that Urdhva Dhanurasana is not quite as appealing as it was when yeah, I first Yeah, the bow first pose, the bridge to, pose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's interesting right off the bat because as long as I've known you, you were mostly teaching prenatal yoga. Oh. But You've, you've taught lots of different sure, yoga along um, the way. I mean, Do you still teach regular uh, our class to, like, to people who aren't pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> they are allowed. Well, I teach the two restorative classes a week. Yeah, you're right. There's not too much athleticism there. No. Maybe some mental athleticism to let go. But when I um, started, as soon as I finished my training, I only taught vinyasa classes and loved it. Uh-huh. But now, since this rendition of Ishta's opened, um, I did start with two vinyasa classes, but they, I also did the prenatal, and I also did restorative, because I had a vinyasa class uptown um, at lunch. Uh-huh. So I haven't heard of that studio. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, yeah. how long have we been here? Ten years. Yeah, ten years. So. Yeah. I've been doing the prenatal and the restorative so did you, for 10 did years. Did you decide to teach less of the other stuff or it just sort of I, worked out that way? You know way? what I think that happened is there are lots of great enthusiastic physical yoga teachers. Right. And so I felt drawn certainly to the quieter meditation restorative area because that was sort of my favorite part of any class was to get to lay down at the end mm-hmm. of it or sit up and meditate um but then the prenatal ha- i have three kids it's i practiced yoga when i was pregnant i didn't really have a prenatal mentor i know um 
Carrie Parker, do you remember yeah, Carrie sure. Parker? So Carrie Parker Gustelou. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I did take um, maybe a workshop with her, but my prenatal kind of came out from my own practice and then starting to teach more and more prenatal classes and sort of my own self-research um, and the sort of fascination with it's so much more interesting to me <laughs> than just a straight general population class. Interesting because of all the things that well, the women all, are going th- going through. Th- I going think the through. whole period of pregnancy, while it can really freak you out, mm-hmm. is magnificent and fascinating, and it changes you every day. Mm. So yoga is about being flexible and right. adaptable and present. And you never have to be more that than when you're expecting a baby. Mm -hmm. So your physical body changes. What goes on in your mind changes. What your priorities are change. And um, the way you breathe, the way you move, the way how you're going to live, where your focus will change, where your focus will be is going to completely change. So I thought there's really no more important time to do yoga than when you're pregnant or yeah. go you know going through something as intense as that yeah, yeah and and pregnancy usually i get women uh you know i don't know eight ten weeks pregnant or further on they want to keep going to their regular classes and keep doing first, it or yeah, doing yeah. whatever they're doing <laughs> and, yeah um, i remember an example example of that where i had a um, assistant a teacher training assistant and her best friend came to my class Mm -hmm. and she was, I think around eight months at the time. Mm -hmm. And and yet she was still trying to do (laughs) lots and she knew she wasn't supposed to. I know. She kept getting tempted. I know that look. I know. And I think that what I, first of all, it's a great niche to have as a yoga instructor because so much of the yoga practicing population are women of childbearing age Mm -hmm. and they want to keep practicing and they want to be safe and they want to move their body and they want to prepare their body for labor and childbirth and motherhood. So it's as far as, um, you know, I think in a business sense, it's not where I came from, but it's a great niche Mm -hmm. because then, you know, people are like, oh, the prenatal teacher. Yeah, I've got a great one. Yeah. Where um, general population classes. Well, we yoga teachers levels. are a dime a dozen. <laughs> exactly. Well, <laughs> they didn't used to be that way, but man, I think it's kind of like a nickel a dozen yeah, now. Yeah. So to have that specialty, um, sort of, I think for me, if I'm being honest, it was kind of an accident because I was attracted to it. Right. And now it's become something I just adore. Right. Um, so, but my prenatal classes are rather physical. So, um, you know. I've noticed that, like in, in teacher training, when people answer the questions about prenatal, I'll say, wait, somebody said do that? Yeah. And Gina said do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. And I also find that, especially if you have been practicing yoga, it used to be that doctors would tell women, oh, you're a, runner or you do Pilates, you should probably back, you know, slow down and take up yoga. And mm. I was like, that doctor's never done yoga yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's not really a back down, lighten right. up 
experience. Right. I mean, it, it can be, but it's not, that's not how I would define it. But yoga, luckily for us, has now been around a while. And I think that more and more people in general are practicing yoga. So there's right. less newbies to yoga that are coming right. pregnant. It's right. more that they've had a yoga practice and now they're pregnant and right. they want to keep up a yoga or practice. Or they've tried yoga and they were hit or hit and miss, but now that they're pregnant, they it's want like to take care of themselves. It's a good excuse. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's like, yeah. oh, now I'm going to turn my attention toward, yeah, yeah, being a better version of myself for this mm -hmm. experience. And for people um, who don't know much about how the pregnancy influences a yoga practice. Like you, you were just saying, like in the beginning, in the first weeks, you're just pretty much carrying on with what you used to do, but you're aware that there's something going on. But how does that progression go over the course of the nine months? Well, it's so f interesting that you say that because the most fragile part of the pregnancy is the first couple of months. That's why so many women don't share that they're pregnant because that's when it's most fragile. So um, as I've been teaching for so long, this population, I used to sort of break it up a little bit and have uh, a different attitude about the beginning of pregnancy. And then in the honeymoon I talk about is sort of the middle of your pregnancy and then at the very end sort of preparing for labor. And I might do that somewhat if I was teaching privately, which I still teach a lot privately. But if you, the wisest approach is to practice like you're delivering tomorrow mm -hmm. the minute you find out mm -hmm. because the cascade of hormone change is so mm -hmm. immense from the moment bing, yeah, the little right darling the soul comes in mm -hmm. um your whole body starts to change Jiva whole, there you go <laughs> i go for bing <laughs> yes <laughs> but you're right yeah. um everything you know in your physical body starts to change. And then it's followed by your subtle body if you are so in tuned. So what I find is that in the beginning, it helps you sort of wrap your head around being present yeah. and noticing what's different, yeah. noticing when you're tired or a little nauseous, or maybe you don't need to do those sun salutations yeah. every single time, every single one, because you did them last week or last right. month. And then you do start to change shape enough that you can't do what you used to do. And, and some of the hormone changes, though, influence how you feel even in spite of that, right? Some of the joints feel different. Everything feels differently yeah. because from the moment that you your Jiva Atman comes in, the hormonal changes start to, you know, make you a little more physically flexible is kind of the not perfect word, but true, a little more lax in your connective tissue, a little more unstable. So it is from the very beginning that you should be really focusing on what is safe, what is right, what's my alignment, where are my feet, where is yeah. my tadasana? Not going for pose. range. Right, right. Form over range is my golden rule. And um, so if you start to... I also like to say, but it has to be the right crowd. <laughs> you kind of have to start mothering the moment mm, you're pregnant. That's sweet. And if you 
only are thinking of my practice and myself, then, right. you know, okay. <laughs> right. It's a little telling on how you're approaching your motherhood because your whole priorities change in motherhood and you have someone whose life depends on you and they hang around for quite some time. Yeah. (laughs) So in the beginning, if you could start to practice and take care of your self and your practice in the way that you do all along, it would be ideal. Then your body changes. You get used to the shifts in the overall system, like how you digest and how your you know, from how your mind works, how you digest to where my feet need to be in a warrior too. You know, mm-hmm. all of that will could change. It right. might not, right. but it's probably going to at some point. Right. So when you get into that honeymoon part after, I don't know, my first trimester, the first time I was pregnant, we had twins. So mm-hmm. my first trimester was like, whoa, I felt horrible. Mm. And um, I didn't even get to yoga. My yoga practice was like sit up, breathe, try to meditate for a few minutes. Maybe I'll do a down dog on the wall with my arms up. That was my practice. Like, you yeah. know, if I could get three or four minutes in. And the interesting thing is in that beginning, you feel, I felt gross And as soon as I did a little yoga practice, I felt better. Mm. So I was like, ah. So the energetic shift from a physical practice made me feel so much better. Then in the middle, you know, you get a little big and it's a little strange and you can't touch your toes the same way. I was always tight. So in my little class with Douglas, (laughs) I was always the one that couldn't really get to my toes with straight legs. Yeah. By the end, I could, but. And then you Not learn. that that matters, Gina. <laughs> That's You're right. perfect the way you are. And That's yoga right. is not about touching your toes. It is not. We have to keep saying that. I, it's true. It I, just goes in one ear and out the other. I could barely touch them with my knees bent, so I understand. <laughs> so then adjusting, putting blocks under your hands or not worn, putting your, touching your thighs rather yeah. than your toes, then you start to make those adjustments. And then when you're big, you're just so um, kind of overwhelmed with what's about to arrive Yeah, that I think you sort of have surrendered all of the kind of expectation of, gee, I thought it was going to be like this, or gee, my yoga practice was going to be like that, or maybe we'll live here, or maybe we'll move there. Like all, everybody knows you're having a baby by then. You don't have to hide anything at work or, you know, are we going to stay together? You know, everything's sort of figured out by then. And um, it's really joyous to me then. I've been taking a couple of photos with my student's permission, Jessica Dixon, is, has been coming to class and her baby's nice and big and she's doing a few weeks, but you know, maybe, maybe sooner than that. Mm-hmm. So to put women at the wall in an Ardha with a big baby is so empowering. Yeah. You feel like, oh. You put their backs against the wall. Their backs against the wall, mm-hmm. their hand on a block. They don't have to stay too long. They don't have mm-hmm. to do it at all. Right. But I'll notice that you get there and it's such an empowering thing. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of adjustment and you're like, ah, hey, look at me. Yeah. So I love to take, uh, if, they, if I ask permission and with their phone, but I'll uh, frequently take a picture of women in that pose with a big baby in their belly because it's so, you don't realize it in the last few weeks 
how much your body changes and you're too busy in the new motherhood to pay any attention but like look a year or two or even three with the baby and go like look we were doing yoga together it's so sweet and so cute and so unbelievable what it looks like there's a couple of angles that are my favorites (laughs) to really see those babies hanging out like okay here i am doing my yoga that's so great it is pretty sweet mommy and me yeah (laughs) much easier when the baby's on the inside Inside, (laughs) easier to coordinate definitely yeah Yeah. less diapers (laughs) (laughs) well cool in her book big magic elizabeth gilbert said to call someone a creative person is a redundancy we're all creative by nature we're going to explore that and other topics related to living in a graceful way at our retreat, Yoga and the Art of Living Creatively, in France this August. Get more information about it at peterfurco.com slash France 2018. Look forward to seeing you there. Over the past, I don't know, four years or so, you've been spending a lot of time in uh, developing deeper and deeper meditation practice and working on the potential of training that I'm going to ask you to sub for me in a, in a little bit, but um, um, it's interesting you say that because when I was a brand new teacher and Al was doing his asana and meditation, I, uh, maybe two months in, they were like, "Oh, Al, whatever got stuck somewhere. Can you sub?" Mm-hmm. And you know that, like, <gasps> right? <laughs> I think my eyes rolled back in my head a couple of times, and. Um, but I did, and you know everybody thought it was terrific, or yeah. at least they told me so. Yeah. But the appeal, which I think comes out of me getting deeper and deeper and having co-created the restorative training with Mona and listening to Mona and being in so many of her yoga nidras, that's my sweet spot mm-hmm. because I that was always my favorite part of my yoga class, mm. even when I was, you know, doing my five sun salutations and jumping back and forth like nobody's business. But that was my favorite. And I remember because uh, at the, he would do asana and then we would meditate and then we would shavasana and our, or we would shavasana and then meditate. Now I can't remember, but I would just stay in the meditation forever and ever and ever and people would be getting up and doing like post meditative things to come back and I was like no I'm still here yeah yeah. (laughs) I kind of hear you over there but I'm so much happier here yeah so while I haven't taught it I did take the meditation training with you guys and um I you know did get that little twinkle of oh I love this part yeah yeah (laughs) and there is something about um I always, even if it's for a minute or two, even in restorative, which is not really a class where you meditate, I don't move or meditate before and after. I make sure we do have a moment. Sometimes it'll be a minute. Sometimes it'll be a moment where we just, I refer to it as doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. Rather than, you know, we're going to alternate nostril breath and then do this and then lean and then go and hum right. and saham and huh. I was just nothing. teaching a... Um conclusion of a a 300 hour training and one of the students took on the koshas as the theme of her practicum Mm -hmm. class and um it was very sweet because the way that she was conceiving of it she went through and these are for those of you who don't know that that language like the five sheaths of our being one the most evident one being the 
the physical sheath, the, the body made of meat, as yes. it's called in Sanskrit. And then uh, she worked her way through the energy. And, through, and when we got to the meditation, she called that the Vijnanamaya Kosha, this wisdom body. Oh. And then when she went to Shavasana, she called that the Ananda Maya Kosha, the bliss. So, Isn't that true? Yeah. yeah, I think for a lot of people, you That's know, they even they... have the T-shirt. I come for the yes, Shavasana. I, come. <laughs> I would like that T-shirt. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I do try to, and I have a couple of students that uh, do take my restorative class that say they can find that. I know, I know, just because of my own studying, that it's not the same thing. But they get to a place that's much more quiet after a few restorative poses than they can when they're seated. Because when we sit, it is different. It is truly meditation, yeah. air, finger, the quotes. Different. The energy is different. It's hard to do those same feelings and same techniques when you're lying down. Right, or twisted or in a yeah. Konasana. But the, um, But it thrills me that they get as quiet as they've ever been through, uh, you know, a more subtle practice. Right. You know, I've had a, a few students say, I, I, you know, there's, there's that like yoga joke of, I, I don't, I can't meditate. I, I don't know. I don't have time. And those are the people that need it even more. Right, right. <laughs> but if I know, if I can see their eyes roll back behind their lids and their jaw slack and mm-hmm. they're sort of in a supported pose, I feel like, I'm taking them to the doorstep. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. as much as mindfulness more. practice or something like right. that, where it's just preliminary right. quieting, right. focusing. Right. Letting the vritti kind of yeah. swim by. Observer versus right. doer. Rather than, yeah. I'm listening to a, another podcast whose name escapes me right now about the difference between a human being and a human doing. Ah, uh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, it's a good expression. Because I, like mm-hmm. I think we're human beings, <laughs> we but are. we act like human doings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was talking to Jenny Bloom a little bit about the, that being-doing space that when we're always doing, we're not attaching or we're not aware of that other part of what we are and it looks like magic or it looks like some extraordinary thing that certain people do Mm -hmm. but when we do it it becomes an ordinary part of what we are right and we just aren't taught that unless you happen to be in yoga in your karma you know your your path leads you into this kind of a study then you learn to do it right and then you recognize the value. Right. You know, it becomes a, like your vitamin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it's the same, you know, I've had lots of people in my life that are like, oh, I, I tried yoga. It's not. Yeah. I can't do yoga. I can't come to your class. I'm, I, I teach people how to lay down for a living. Right. Half of my classes are about. <laughs> well, that's exactly it. <laughs> come lie down. <laughs> Some people can't can take True. that. Yes. Know? Yes. Yeah. And then, of course, on the other side, it always thrills me to watch the physicality of the prenatal classes because they can move their body much more when it's safe and they feel supported and safe. 
knowing that whatever the sequence is is safe for them mm-hmm. to be able to move their body. And and I find that when you're pregnant, they're some of the best meditators because they're just mm. perfectly exhausted mm-hmm. <laughs> to right. just sit there, especially after they move their body a little bit and, you know, which brand of stroller to buy is kind of yes. fallen down the to-do list a little. Yeah. And they can be like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a really great thing about the Ishta practice. And um, it does seem to attract people who are mature. And I don't mean older by that. I mean, just like they're more thoughtful somehow. Right. That the practice is really safe and you're invited to be responsible with yourself, not to just try to do this, whatever, do it. You know, uh, it's much more this is what it's for Mm -hmm. and we're going to do it through this posture. And as you're going through this posture, as you said earlier, honor the form Mm -hmm. and we have an alternative if that form isn't going to work in you today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of what I've learned in prenatal classes. Yeah. It doesn't work today. It doesn't matter if you did it on Monday, it's Friday now. Right. It could, maybe it's, your shoe you wore here, maybe the baby shifted, maybe your mind somewhere else. Don't right. worry about it. Right. Or you and didn't sleep that well. Right. That's the beauty of the practice that the lineage we came through. Is, mm-hmm. uh, it's today. It doesn't matter. It's mm-hmm. this hour that I get to spend with you that matters. Right. And we'll see what your body tells us mm-hmm. and, and amend whatever we suggest. Yeah. Or don't do that at all. Right. It's my yeah, favorite. that permission, and mm-hmm. it's um, it's interesting. I try to make a nuance for newer teachers who are coming through our program, or whenever I run into teachers who ask me questions, which isn't that often outside of our teacher training. But um, that um, there's a difference between telling people to just do whatever you want or do whatever feels good mm-hmm. versus telling people how to decide what to do, right? That if you have someone and today this thing isn't happening, you can tell them it's okay that that's not happening today, but then you can t- help them figure out what they should do instead. Right. right? right. And that's, a little bit more analytical and a little bit more understanding what is the purpose of what we're trying to do in the first place so that I know how to substitute, mm-hmm. right? Right. Because the um, the sort of, it's not permission, it's more like let's listen to the intelligence of your body. That doesn't feel great. Right. That's very smart. Right. You know better than me. Right. And if I thought right now we're going to make this shape, that's only a suggestion. Yeah. And there's a through line and we'll find your version of this. Right. And on the other side of it, you're going to feel better. Yeah. So that's, it is a, that's probably what attracted me and kept me here for so long. Because I was never, I didn't grow up, I was not a, an athlete at all. Mm-hmm. I went to Catholic school. We didn't have a gym. You know, it wasn't like a thing. <laughs> we ran around in the backyard and, yes. and um, you know, I, we 
played all day long, all summer long, all winter long, skated on ponds, like that kind of a life. I was yeah. never on a team. I never made, like that wasn't Where what was we did. Where was that? In New Jersey. Uh-huh. So I, I, my first yoga class, you might have heard this story. I took it because I lived on the Lower East Side and um, it was August and it was a million degrees out. And a friend said, oh, they have yoga classes at this gym on St. Mark's and it's air conditioned. I was like, <laughs> yes. So that was so not That's spiritual great. at That's all. Great. That's the reason I went to my first class. And yeah. then I was in there. I for was like, air conditioning. For air conditioning, <laughs> right? That's great. But then once I got into that, well, I was like, wait, you breathe and move? This feels so good. Yeah. And then I got stronger and more aligned and more focused because of that than I've ever been. Uh, since mm -hmm. then, I've like, you know, gone down the Colorado River whitewater rafting and yeah. I've hiked things like I never, that never was what was interesting to me. Probably my body wasn't telling me that was a wise thing or I didn't listen to my body. Yeah. And then yoga was like, look, look how strong you are when you're connected. I don't right. think my body changed shape or look, like looked any different. I, didn't, I never became one of those like, oh, look how cut I am from all yeah. of my boat poses that yeah. never really happened to my body. But the way it worked yeah. and the way my mind and breath and body connected, I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Yeah. Teaches you get to get into your body. Right. Which was never a thing that, you know, it wasn't like a, I knew I had a body. Right. <laughs> I thought it was pretty cute and I liked yeah. to put clothes on it and stuff. Yeah. But I didn't really use it. Like, I didn't really get to know how well it could work. Yeah. And it started to function, like, systemically so much better from my yoga practice. Yeah. That was fascinating to me. And it was a long time ago, way before I met Alan and took his classes. And after about six months, I went so much that they made me the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> That's a classic way, right? Yeah. So I you was go the, enough that you're Yeah, you're I became good. the teacher. There was yeah. no teacher training then. There was no I just really loved it and you know, it just sunk into my body and my yeah. brain. So yeah. I became the teacher. Yeah. It was wild. Yeah. It's it's interesting. I mean, and in the yoga tradition you would do that with your teacher and you would learn and then right. stay and teach right you know in that ashram or whatever mm -hmm. but you always had your teachers around to keep helping you exactly so when you didn't understand something or there was somebody with something you could to always steer, get more your steer. continuing education right was just built in so when i um when i found alan interestingly enough it was he was recommended from friends in Los Angeles, because I think he had probably just gotten here from there. So this is 750 years ago. And when I walked in and took his first class, it was, I don't know if this happened to you ever, but it was like everything he said was just a reminder. It wasn't like how to do the pose, but it was like, I know all of this stuff. I don't know how. Mm. It all felt so comfortable and so familiar uh, that I thought, oh, this is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. The way he laughs and the way he practices and the way he prioritizes 
why we practice and what we should be looking for. I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. And so then I went there 80 million times and he, he was the one that was like, you should take the teacher training. I was like, mm. I don't want to be a yoga teacher. <laughs> That's great. So you were in LA I, It wasn't, my husband's from LA, so yeah. it was a friend of his. Business? He was in the film business film then. Business. Mm-hmm. But he lived here, but he's from there. So his, um, it was a friend that said, oh, this great yoga teacher who's from who's been in LA a while is coming to New York. So it must and that's and it was like Alan Finger. So I was like, all right, whatever. It's gotta beat Crunch on St. Mark's place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no offense to Crunch. Yeah. <laughs> but and then they were around the corner from Jiva Mukti. So I went in there a little bit. But again, that was a much more like very physical mm-hmm. at that time practice. So I played around a little bit and that's when I came to Alan. I was like, Oh, now I'm home. Yeah. I get this. I had that feeling, but it was because I went to Alan's studio in California. Oh, you did. Ah, yeah, in the so 80s. when did he get here? In the eighties. Right. Cause yeah. it was probably, I think maybe the late eighties. Yeah. I here. think I probably started taking his class in like 89. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't remember. I have yeah. to look that one up. See, Douglas is depending on me. So it was right. 10 years later that we t- I took the teacher training. Right. It took me that long to come around to myself. Yeah. <laughs> but there is something so unique about the practice, the holistic quality of it and the, the energy of it. Yes, because that's when you realize that you can, uh, that it's so adaptable and it's so comfortable for anybody any one and any body because there is a a through line that's more than a sequence that's more than well if you do this enough you'll be able to put your foot behind your head right which i got to the place where i could put my foot behind my head but it wasn't you know that wasn't what this is all about yeah It's the craziest thing, but every time I want a cappuccino, they make me pay for it. I don't know what's up with that. I think it's called capitalism. I don't like capitalism very much, but somehow or other we're stuck in this system and I need to make some money to make this podcast happen. And the way I've decided to do it is not to use advertising. Instead, I'm asking you to please kind of pay me for having the podcast. And I'm doing it in a way that you can pay whatever you want, which I hope is kind of fair. And uh, you go to patreon.com slash Peter's podcast. There you'll have the option to spend anything you want in order to support the podcast. I really appreciate it because I love doing the podcast and I hear from folks that they like listening. So if you like listening, please check it out. Patreon.com slash Peter's podcast. You can spend a dollar a month, which is, I can't even get a cappuccino for that. Or you can spend more, depending on how much you have, how much you value this at, and take it from there. Thanks a lot. Namaste. And then it inspired me to make this prenatal training. So that took a lot of research and a lot of investigation and a lot of kind of watching and cultivating and fixing and changing and 
years of watching women practice. And then I was like, oh, this is, this is amazing. And pregnant women can be kind of scary mm-hmm. <laughs> to yoga teachers. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of teachers that either work with someone privately and then they get pregnant like, oh, I forgot everything you said. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> right, right. So well, it's, so it feels, I think, like a responsibility as a teacher. You don't want to of cause them any harm. Right, right. And, it's, and it's, as yoga teachers, we're very sensitive people right. and don't want to, you know, shift energy in the wrong way, mm-hmm. misstep a body in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell, tell me about this training. You're, you're offering a, a prenatal training. Yes. You're offering I've, a prenatal training in July. It's Well, I have a prenatal workshop in July. Uh-huh. Um, but the training is in August. So a prenatal training here at Ishta is the 13th to the 25th of August. And um, it's Yoga Alliance registered, which just figuring that out alone took oh, a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad that they have some kind of a format so that if you say, yes, this is a yoga training and you will be eligible to put these letters after your name after you've taken this. It's good yeah. to have what some letters kind do you of get? a registered prenatal yoga teacher. Uh, R P Y S. T. T. R P Y T. S is the school. That's me. Uh, yeah. R P Y T. Sounds like a Michael Jackson song. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and young uh, it's true. <laughs> a lot of my brain goes back to music. Yes. Um, so it's intense. It's, for, you know, probably those who would like to become prenatal yoga instructors or have a lot of prenatal um, students in their path because it is, um, it's pretty intense. There's a lot of anatomy and a lot of endocrinology and a lot of amending of the poses. Yeah, but the word fascinating in front of each of those things. Fascinating is very important. Yes, fascinating anatomy. <laughs> it is. Yes. It is. To me, well, I, I'm kind of a science nerd, so I love yeah. all of that fascinating stuff that, yeah. that is going on in our body that we don't even pay any attention to. It's, can you believe that we, in the time we've been chatting, how many times we've inhaled and exhaled and our heart has pumped and our digestion has moved along. We're not paying any attention to that. We're miraculous. Yeah. So here we are, miraculous people. And then there's a person growing in there. You're making another person. It's it. I could start crying just thinking about it. It's miraculous. So when I see someone pregnant come into my restorative class or in the years that I had just general population vinyasa classes, it thrilled me Mm -hmm. because I get to amend it a little and go over and congratulate her on this amazing thing that her body and her brain and her spirit are doing and then to keep her in her yoga practice because it it makes her a better yogi a better mom it's going to give her a better labor it's going to give her a better recovery it's going to make her a better partner with whomever she's doing this with or be or have the stamina to do it alone a lot Mm -hmm. of women in new york city do it alone Mm -hmm. um so I think that just being enamored with the population, fascinated by the population, made me want to organize the thoughts around, don't be afraid. This is what you do when somebody comes in. This is when your 
client or your student becomes uh, pregnant, you're going to do this beautiful gift for her that is uh, precious and priceless, and she will improve in ways that she never probably even considered mm-hmm. to practice when she's pregnant. Yeah. Um, what is the format of the class? How long is it? It's intense. It's 12 days. Mm-hmm. You only have one day off, Sunday mm-hmm. in the middle off. We start with a lot of the basic um, what's going on in the body. We have um, we look at a few movies of birth, different variations of real, a completely natural one, and a very intervened uh, pregnancy. Ricky Lake, I don't know if you know who that is. She made a movie called The Business of Being Born, hmm. and um, because she did not have an all natural birth and then wanted to, and not to be a spoiler V-back. alert, very nice. <laughs> I've studied a bit. (laughs) (laughs) So the interesting thing that happens in this movie that I show is, and many have already seen it, is that the producer or director of her movie gets pregnant making the movie Uh, and does not have an all-natural birth, Mm. has an emergency. Mm. And I think that's important too. You know, the yoga community can be a little like, oh, everything should be natural right. and in the bathtub and eat granola and right. it's all going to be perfect. And there's, you know, horrible things happen to perfectly wonderful people who practice yoga and do everything right. right. And we are lucky enough to live in a time where the medical community can jump on in and save the mother's life and the baby's life. Yeah. So there is something to be said about women that have to go through that, that are willing to slice themselves open Mm. in order to bring this person to life. It's amazing. It's not like a, oh, you didn't do it naturally. Oh, you had an epidural. No. Mm -hmm. All of it is miraculous and laborious and a commitment, (laughs) whether you like it or whether it goes the way you're thinking it should go or not. So a lot about the birth process, kind of just how it relates to yoga, how yoga can prepare you. And then the um, students in class practice with each other. And about mm, five or six days in, we start to have the public come in, Mm. pregnant women come in Mm. and have a free yoga class. I I lead the first one or so with assistance. Then they, I'm always there. Mm -hmm. But by the time they are in front, we kind of give them maybe 20 minutes of an hour and they kind of share a class that they've prepared, always supporting each other. Uh, Others will assist and adjust. So there's um, physical adjustments that we learn. And, um, that are different from what you might learn in a they in are, teacher yes. training. How you approach and how you touch and whether you do or not and why are you mm-hmm. going there? Because making your hips square might yeah. not be what you do in this variation of this body. Right. <laughs> and even if you did it last week, listen, I, there's conversation in my prenatal classes before we practice. Yeah. I would like them to have a sense of community. And also I want to know who's back hurts, right. who's nauseous today, right. who's so tired you would rather just do restorative poses. Right. Plus you establish a dialogue up front so they're more likely to say something during class if something's confusing doesn't feel, or right. doesn't feel good. Doesn't feel good. Right. Because even when I do start a dialogue, sometimes there are, you know, 
they don't say anything. Right. And then I'll watch and see. It also gives you the eye as the instructor of like, she's, she's not stepping forward the way you would step forward if you're, um, you know, your hamstrings felt right or your inguinal ligament wasn't a little funky yeah. or your round ligament. There are things that happen that we talk about in the training that to the physical pregnant body that you can start to recognize. And you don't see it unless you watch pregnant bodies practice. Yeah. And it, you know what? You see it in non-pregnant bodies too. So there's a lot you can take out of the training that you'll see with just general population bodies right. there. Pelvis is, is there, unstable. Their uh-huh. pelvic floor is not as toned as it could be. Right. You know, things that you go, ah, I bet I have a little tool in my box for yes. that one. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Do you, um, is there a prerequisite for taking your training? Yes. You sh- need to have a 200 hour. Perfect. And then this is 12 days with a day off, full days, nine to five, basically. Mm-hmm. And the last hour and a half, the last hour or so is a class halfway through. And then we kind of talk about it either afterward or the next day, which is also really nice. Hands-on kind of observation and reaction. and That's great. Yeah. It's really cool to so watch. So that's happening in August, that 12-day yes, training. 13 to the 25th. Mm-hmm. And then you're doing a workshop beforehand I in am. July. So... Um, because of the schedule here, my prenatal classes kind of have a little siesta in the summer Uh and, um, they are kind of nice and vibrant right now. So the women who are coming, we're looking for more to do. And we still have a class on Sundays with Tisha who took the training with me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but I'm having a workshop a couple of hours, uh, I think July 12th, it's a Thursday. And it's interesting. I meant to say this before. So we're inviting significant others if they want to come oh, as well. Interesting. Because there are things you can, first of all, it's scary to be the partner. There's not anything you can really do except go, wow, <laughs> <laughs> right. look at how this is changing. Are you how okay? Are you? Yeah, yeah. How are you? <laughs> and then in labor to go like, I'm, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So to kind of show how powerful they are is really why I like to invite the significant Mm. other in. There are a few things you can do with each other. There are things you can um, do to sort of practice during labor, but it's more for the other person in her life to go, you're amazing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I appreciate you and I see how strong you are. And And then it's not as scary. Right. They're not fragile. Yeah. They're, they're more physically fit. I've had women come and get more and more and more strong throughout their pregnancies than Mm -hmm. they were before. So So it's like that, that myth where someone picks up a calf when the calf is born and every day they pick up the calf until they can carry a bull, right? <laughs> <That's> a, <laughs> You're exactly, carrying your baby right, to term, right? Exactly. That's what it's like. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll have, I don't know if any will come. I asked the girls, it was, because if they don't have someone come, will, would they feel uncomfortable? And everybody was like, no, I don't care. <laughs> and um, so we, if we do anything partner-wise, we'll have two pregnant women do it with each other. So that'll be fun too. Yeah. And um, it's in the evening, so it would be it'll be interesting to see because pregnant bodies. I teach the class one in the morning at ten and one at twelve thirty, and you know maybe by 
five o'clock in the afternoon, you're a little more tired than you are in the beginning of the day. So, um, of course, we'll do whatever's in the room and whatever makes everybody feel mm -hmm. good. But it'll be a little different for those who know me and practice early in the day to see what happens later yeah. on. I've had men um, back when I taught up on 56th Street that didn't know. I taught a prenatal class at lunchtime and didn't know. And they, you know, you come to yoga class because it works for your schedule right. half the time, most of the time probably. Right. So we invited him in anyway. Yeah. And he practiced with all the pregnant women and he yeah. was like, man, yeah. <laughs> they're strong. I was like, mm-hmm. So he got a full, you know, a full, beautifully balanced practice yeah. without a baby growing in there. That's awesome. <laughs> I know. It was pretty cool. Could keep his feet together during forward. He dance. could, he could, <laughs> he could, he could do his plank pose on his toes if he wanted to. Yeah. The uh, I also had somebody ask me once in this in this room, could she bring her husband to a class? Uh -huh. And uh, he came, and again, he was like, "Wow, that's awesome! You're so amazing." The, so the workshop is for uh, pregnant women, pregnant and women, their and they're allowed to invite their others. significant others. I've mm -hmm. had a few teachers ask me if they could come. Hmm. So we'll see if it gets too crowded. <laughs> right. Because it is nice to practice side by side. I'm always, um, ISHTA teachers are always, and anybody who takes my training is always invited to observe my class anytime, mm -hmm. I, even if it's past when you're supposed to do it or fill mm -hmm. in the box of how many classes you have observed. Mm -hmm. Because I think sometimes if you do teach yoga for a couple of years and forget the couple of hours you might have gotten me right. in the 200 or the 300 hour it's nice to have a little refresher and to practice next to is even i think more knowledge inducing mm -hmm. <laughs> than just watching yeah you feel it i think when you're going through tt you're like taking notes and worried about things and trying to remember stuff but then after you've got a little bit of experience under your belt and then she comes in, you're like, oh, hmm. yeah. what was I supposed to do now? <laughs> right. right. And getting that in your body. It feels great. You mm -hmm. don't have to be doing a bow pose to do a backbend or feel good in your yoga practice. Right. Cool. Yeah. So in, and in the training, then, you're, you have an anatomy component, you have an asana component where you offer different modifications. Mm -hmm. that and the adjustments that go with it. Mm -hmm. There is, um, you know, planning practices for private yoga students mm -hmm. when you have a whole prenatal class, when you have a pregnant person come into your general population class. Um, my goal is, and I have been successful so far because I got good reviews on Yoga Alliance, mm -hmm. is so that you feel completely comfortable when she walks into your class right. or your private becomes pregnant. You're like, yeah. I got this. That's so cool. Rather than, you know, yeah. yikes. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Um, when, when women are expecting... I imagine if, if you had a regular yoga practice and you were practicing all the time and you were, you know, in a several to six days a week kind of practice, do you find that they continue with the same amount of practicing? I mean, you offer a class how many times a week? Once or twice, twice a week? Twice, yeah. and then there's two others. Um, so are people coming to four classes a week or they're um, making do with one? I, I would say a handful comes to two, mm -hmm. both of mine. 
Um, we do overlap. Esther teaches the Thursday. And I think that the weekend, Sunday, a couple may come that live in the neighborhood. But I, I think that it's a whole different um, element that works during the week mm -hmm. and has to come on yeah. the weekend. Um, but in terms of the women's capabilities so and... to go back to yeah. that, I hope not. <laughs> I hope that she's not practicing four or five or six days a week the same way. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know if you remember, but one of my first sentences out of my mouth to you was when I was pregnant and the first time I had twins, yeah. my practice might have been five minutes. Right. My physical practice might have been a couple of asana, might have been, and I'll do this in my workshop, might have been like, okay, I'm at the um, kitchen table and I'm going to do a warrior three here, leaning on the kitchen table. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to pull out my mat necessarily and do my 45 minutes before I take my shower and go out and start my day. It was more like I've got, and then especially when I had infants or babies at home, it's like my yoga practice is maybe 90 seconds at a time. Right. And it still draws me back to that central right. line of, oh, my God, there I am. Right. There it is. It's okay. So if she, there are women, I won't mention any names, but there are mostly yoga teachers that do want to keep practicing and yeah. practicing and practicing at the same athletic level. And those are the ones that I see get hurt. They astasis of the abdomen, hamstrings, you know, a little uncomfortable um, or dizzy in class, um, dehydrated more. So I find that Ishta teachers are a little more in tune of, okay, maybe I should start to practice a, a little more gently. Yeah. And by gently, if you come to class, it's not a gentle class. I w yesterday was so hot that we did mostly a wall class rather than sort of, um, I usually start seated and then go on all fours and then do standing poses and then a few wall poses and then we meditate and restore all in about 55 minutes. It's a whirlwind of a class after we've chatted. Some days they want to chat a little longer. But the um, the you know, heat building should really not go more than about 20 minutes when mm -hmm. you're pregnant. You're, you're heat building. You're pitta, pitta, you're already, pitta. Yeah. Met metabolically you are, subtle body-wise. You're kind of turned up. Mm -hmm. Fluid body-wise. So all, all three doshas are kind of like, <laughs> yeah. you can be exhausted, you can be flighty, and you can be right. all in the same five minutes. Yeah. So to listen to that and make sure that that is um, informing the physical practice is best. So usually you learn that lesson. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Might take you 10 or 11 weeks. But if you go back to what I said before, it's your, the pregnancy is fragile in the first 12. So yeah. if I had my way with you, right. you would be practicing like you were delivering tomorrow the moment you found out yeah when uh when pregnant women say to me can i do that you know i often just say to them 
these nine months are for your baby. Exactly. Then you can do whatever you want. <laughs> I like nine months after too. <laughs> yeah. Because you need, if it took your body nine months yeah. to create this person yeah. and let it go, yeah. you're not doing, you know, you're not jumping into your handstand. Well, I don't know anybody that really has the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, yeah. It's sort of a foregone. But they, you know, they see... You know, here we have another class that goes on when my class and they go upstairs and there's beautiful hard bodied yogis up there and they think, it's like, it it will come back. Um, You will have your strength back. It just, if it takes you nine months to get to the point where the baby arrives, give yourself that amount of time for yourself to completely arrive back. Yeah. It's only fair. Yeah. And, um, it kind of lets you off the hook of feeling bad, like, oh, I didn't. Whatever the end of that sentence is, that mm-hmm. you think you're supposed to do. Right, right. So tell me about this retreat you're doing in Iceland. Yay. Have you ever been to Iceland? I've only flown through it. We're flying through it on Friday. Well, that's <laughs> what I only flew through it going to teach in Stockholm. And after a couple times, I was like, actually the first time I was like, this is such a cool place. It's like no other place on earth. It's kind of like the moon. Yeah. So a couple years ago, I stayed a couple of extra days to kind of sniff around. Which Iceland Air lets you do. Yes, exactly. And I went out into the south and just looked around the, the I'm kind of a science nerd. So the geology of it all alone just blew me away. But I love that it is a a volcanic island that has just the heat and fire just bubbles right up out of it and energizes the entire island. All of the energy is from the inside of the earth. Geothermal. On that island. Wow. It's wild. All the heat, all the water, all the hot water, all of the electricity blows me away. Um, so there is something about it though, when you look and there's nothing, there's barely any trees there that I found brought great stillness. Mm. So since that's one of my favorite places to go, Mm. stillness, I'm going to, um, have a little four day retreat called finding your stillness in October from the 11th to the 14th. So um, we'll go, we'll go out into the middle of nowhere, stay in a fancy hotel that looks like a log cabin. Wow. And walk out on the tundra and we'll do yoga every day. We'll look at waterfalls and geysers. You can take a glacier hike. We're going to walk on the black sand beach and do a little walking meditation. Um, Some of my favorite things that I found while I was there and find the yoga in it, find the balance of this incredible place that's on fire, covered in ice, right? and perfectly still. Yeah. How could you not want to go? Yeah, it's like <laughs> Sattva Guna, right? Right, exactly. In between the Rajas and the Tamas. Uh-huh, that perfect place. Wow. Right on the surface, right in between the two. Awesome. So... Um, cool. Maybe you want to come, Peter. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Sounds fabulous. On your way somewhere or just for that long weekend. Yeah. yeah. If you want to know. Yeah, so people can get information on From my email. Just email me directly. It's not going to be okay. a big group. So mm-hmm. um, my email is stress. Yes. At gmail.com. Cool. Thank you. Thanks, Gina. Thanks, Gina. 
What about um, meditation during pregnancy? So in class, I find um, visualization helps. Little gentle, short visualizations. Sometimes they're in a restorative pose. Sometimes um, seated about something simple. I love uh, a perfect birth, like you already had it. Mm. And you can hear the people in the other room saying how amazing you did and your mm-hmm. baby's asleep and healthy and perfect. Like everything went better than you could have ever expected. So you just plant that seed, that right. frame of mind of like, oh, that's possible. And you bathe in that. Yeah. Because you, you know, when you set the mind up in a way that is in that sweet floating, ah, oh, this is so nice. Of course this could happen. Your Mm -hmm. whole chemistry changes. So then they sit with that for a moment, maybe just a moment. Usually if we meditate at the end of class, everybody has to kind of get up and use the loo. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I can't, you're not terribly comfortable usually at the end of class. It's kind of time. Right. So a couple of minutes, I'll do that. Um, I love to remind them that they are this mother and there is their baby in front of them but there are all the women that came before them Mm. so we're not alone and all of the wisdom comes so different sort of either actual visualizations i'll take them to their favorite places where there's not too much sun or wind and it's a beach or it's the forest and just to kind of be with themselves in a beautiful place and that they will be able to bring their baby to those beautiful places and share those moments again with them. And, you know, how sometimes I'll make them that their baby is asleep and they're asleep. You know, if they're in a Shavasana, I'll bring them through the visualization of you're lying, the baby's napping in front of you, quiet. Sometimes they'll wiggle a little bit when you're still. Mm -hmm. But here you are having this sweet little quiet moment. Yeah. And that those will come in the future too. And it sets that up for like the, ah. So right. if you come to sit up for a minute or two in silence, yeah, you're kind of prepped for it. Yeah. I also like to tell them that it's never too early to teach your child the importance of doing nothing, mm-hmm. the value of nothing. Right. Of seated, quiet meditation, pranayama or meditation. Because... Um, if they see you sitting quietly, they're going to think it's important. Oh, right. or it's a thing. You're modeling oh, you it. just sit here? Right. And that's a thing? Okay, I don't need a snack or a toy or right. a song or a book. Just right. sit here. Listen to the sound in the room. Listen to your breath. Just sit here. Um, I was lucky enough to teach. I've taught in school systems in Los Angeles and here in New York, and I taught in my daughter's preschool. And do you know those little two and three-year-olds could sit there, just Mm. sit there, and their little eyes closed? Mm -hmm. Some of them were wild. Mm -hmm. But some of them could sit there despite the fact that the other kids were running running. around. Yeah, yep. So if you show them this part of themselves and that you do it, and that, yeah, for two minutes, you can sit in my lap, but I'm not going to pay any attention to what you need. Mm-hmm. And just breathe with me. Then you're teaching them this gift that right. they'll have their whole lives. Right. It's, it's beautiful. So I, I, I'm all for it. They're not even breathing yet, but you can start to get them yeah. into that 
blissful soup. That's awesome. <laughs> Even when you're pregnant. And then some people who um, do a longer meditation practice, like people who come to Al's class or mm-hmm. my Saturday class, um, they it's not so much a, a visualization or a guided trip, but it's like the letting go, the like aiming for samadhi kind of right. thing. And um, sometimes we advise women who are in this process of creating on the earth mm-hmm, plane level. to stay more there in their meditation. Do you have any uh, experience or thoughts w- I around do. that? I do. I'm going to talk about um, pranayama as well because the pranayama that is my given pranayama in a prenatal class is sitali breath, to cool this Kind of breathing in through your curled tongue, and if you can't curl your tongue, even pursed lips. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's very funny because it's in like a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of labor in Hollywood movies. Is that like <laughs> yeah, yeah. breath? Yeah. yeah, okay. Well, that's a Hollywood movie, <laughs> but I'll do that cooling breath at the end of a practice to kind of get them set them up. I have them meditate at the wall quite frequently, uh-huh. so they can just let their body go back. Right. Um, because I think it does sort of bring them back inside. The Kriya techniques that I know and love and that are frequent when I go to Al's class are completely up and down the spine. And I, I sometimes have pause with that. I like it to the heart center, to the brain, to the heart center, up, out. But I feel their infant is I know it's a physical being, but it's pure energy. They, ha- they don't have their own breath, their own pranayama, their own ego, their own true self on the outside yet. So I feel like their energy needs to stay and be their energy. And you can create your, you know, you can focus from the heart center out and in or from the heart to the brain and up above or up above and back down to you, to yourself, to her, and leave that little beautiful being mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. and they'll still reap the benefits mm-hmm. um i think that when you're pregnant you can the weight of you can make your legs fall asleep much faster so you totally have the note from the teacher <laughs> <laughs> doctors note. How, yeah, yeah however you need to sit yeah. if it's on a chair if it's at the yeah. wall if it's in a you know recline back a little bit um However, you can be comfortable to sit for those 18 minutes or longer, or, you know, if you have to get up a few minutes, a few times every couple of minutes and then come back in, that's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, even in the physical practice, in the, in the vinyasa part of class, if you need a sip of water, if you need to interrupt and use the bathroom, if you need some crackers, go right, there's the doctor's yeah. note, yeah. go right ahead, yeah. interrupt your practice and, and go back to it. So if in an hour you only got 35 minutes, that's 35 beautiful minutes that you right. practiced yoga. If in your meditation practice, by the time you've gone through whatever the technique is or your variation of it, and you got up and down and switched your blocks and moved your blanket around and moved mm-hmm. your legs, if you only sat for four or six or eight, how yeah. fantastic. Yeah. It's all good. There's no wrong. Right. Yeah. Beautiful. Cool. Well, yeah. thank you, Gina. Oh, you're this welcome. It's been such Peter. a wonderful conversation. Mm, it's nice. one of my favorite topics. Yeah.
Not that yeah. I don't love the whole yoga thing, but those women really inspire me. Yay. Yeah. Well, cool. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And um, I'm envious of the people who are going to get to come to your training. I'm going to be off in Europe, which is not so bad. No, nah, not a terrible thing. Yeah. But I'll catch up with you in the next teacher training. Yeah. It'd be nice. It's nice. I, it, it's a great thing for uh, people to drop in and check it all out. So. I will and catch up. They can find more information about the trainings and the workshop on the ISHTA website. On the ISHTA website. There's the workshops there, the trainings there. It's a specialty training. It is. It might be under events. Okay. Cool. Well, I'll put a link in the show notes so people can get right to it. That's great. There might be a link in my... I have a website, Gina Menza Yoga, and Perfect. I think we have a link there too. So I'll put that in the show they'll notes figure too. it out. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Peter. Have a lovely day. Namaste. Namaste. That's my conversation with Gina. I hope you've enjoyed it. I always loved chatting with Gina in the lobby at Ishta, and I was glad to be able to catch up with her and talk a little bit about her new course and her new workshop. And I hope you can check it out. Working with uh, prenatal women has always been a joy for me just like she said when you have one walk into class and you get to say congratulations and follow up uh, with altering the practice and teaching them how they can continue to do yoga it's so rewarding so uh, definitely check these out if you're a teacher and if you're not a teacher i hope it was fun to hear a little bit about uh, how yoga teachers think about people in this wonderful time of their lives have a lovely time. Please look into coming on the retreat with us to France. Check me out on patreon.com and please rank or rate the podcast uh, on your app. And we'll see you next week. Thanks. Namaste. Namaste.